Hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Min Dong. I'm Matt Giglio. It is currently 206 days until the 2020 college basketball season starts. Yep, days are ticking, going by. Yep. Um, let's start off with some breaking in development news. Top two recruit of the 2020 class, Jalen Green, has decided to bypass college and join the NBA G League's professional pathway program. His final three colleges were Memphis, Oregon, and Auburn. And he said he was going to go to Memphis if he went to college. He will be joining the new GT, G League team based in Southern California and will be having a salary of $500,000. What do you think of this? Um, I'm just I'm just very shocked about this news. I mean, it seems like well, with all this going on, I thought he might he might like go to college, but I did not see the G League as a like high possibility. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean, like money is a big problem in college basketball, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But um, I guess he just wanted the money, and I think I guess he thinks he's ready to go to the NBA. And I mean. A lot of people are doing this now. Like, once again, we're going to talk about this later, but um, I'm, I'm just pretty shocked. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Zay Todd, another top 10 recruit who recently decommitted from Michigan and said he would be also going to the professional route, will also be teaming up with Jalen Green on the new team. So, And he will also be making $500,000, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Still, still blows my mind. I yeah. mean – both of the, them two together on a G League team, they're gonna they're gonna probably gonna dominate everyone they play. Yeah. So I'll, I'll probably tune into some games and watch how they do. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. Uh, more on the G League. Some other elite prospects, such as Terrence Clark, who committed to Kentucky, and Jalen Suggs, who committed to Gonzaga, they were also contacted by the G League, but they shut down their options. Um, Terrence Clark had a Twitter statement. He's saying, "Kentucky Nation." I'm all the way, EBN, whatever. And um, Jalen Suggs, yeah, he turned it down too. I mean, wasn't I wasn't surprised. I mean, once you commit to a college, you should probably stay. I mean, Zaytel probably should have stayed at Michigan, but um, um, I guess he just had other plans. Yeah. Um, G League has also contacted to- other top recruits from the class of 2020 and the class of 2021. Um, what do you think this means for college basketball moving forward? Um, I don't think this. I don't think this will affect college basketball. Um, I recently read um, a tweet from Louisville coach Chris Mack, which said, "For every Jalen Green, there's an Obi Toppin. For every None and Done, there's a Luca Garza, a Marcus Howard. College basketball will be fine. That is perfect. That is the perfect way of what how I feel about this. Um, it's their decision after all. College basketball will be the same." Um, not one, one person doesn't make the whole college basketball. It's the thousands of guys. It, that, that's what makes college basketball. It's the mid-majors. Th- those are the type of things that make college basketball. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, obviously it's a disappointment that a top five recruits leaving. And, I mean, it happened last year as well. RJ Hampton, he, he went overseas to Australia. Lamelo Ball, he went overseas to Australia. Although I don't, I'm not sure if Lamelo Ball is going to be eligible to play college basketball anyways. But still, he's a top prospect. And, um, I mean, I do see more and more prospects probably going professionally um, overseas or to the, through the G League because it's, it's, like, it's been happening the past couple of years. But the um, numbers are increasing more. But 
I mean, like you said, I don't think this affects college basketball at all. I mean, I, I also saw Chris Mack's tweet, and I, I really enjoyed that tweet because he doesn't think there's a worry. And, I mean, he's like a coach for a Power Five conference, and he he probably gets a lot of the – he gets like a lot of the top recruits in the nation coming in and transfers. And, um, I mean, he's just not worried at all. And I agree with him. I don't think – I don't think college basketball is in a worry right now. But, um. I mean, in the future, I could see it maybe being a worry, but as of right now, I think it's completely fine. Yeah, that's what's so beautiful about college basketball. Like, before the season, like, I don't think anyone knew who Obi Toppin is, and there he is after the Maui tournament, just put his name on the map. And now, player of the year, maybe top 10 pick, and crazy. Oh, Uh, definitely top 10 pick. No question. Crazy how that just stuff happens in college basketball and that's what makes it the best sport in the world. Yeah. I mean, people like him, they're like, they're trendsetters and they're leaders for the future generation. And Oh yeah. I stayed four years and I won national player of the year and I stayed four years. I was all American first team. Like Mm -hmm. that's going to persuade the future to hopefully not follow the lead of G league and professional C's players, but to stay through the college group. Because through the college route, you also get you also get education, which is like a big factor. Because like, let's be honest, only sixty people get drafted a year to the NBA, and if you want to be in the G League, sure, but the chances of you moving up professionally is pretty difficult to do, considering how many people there are in the G League. So, I mean, worst case scenario, if you're like if you're like a mid major uh, player and you don't and you don't um like make it to the draft then you always have education as a backup Mm -hmm. that's like that's the good thing about college basketball you go to college and play basketball which is like something that most people should be doing yeah i totally agree with you there how would this impact future generations of elite high school prospects well i mean i already i already kind of said it but um they get the education i mean sure like i said people probably some people probably will go professionally or through the G League, which is okay. I mean, they're still going to have the numbers to play college basketball. It's not like the NCAA is in danger right now. But um, I think in the future, a lot, of, a lot of elite high school prospects who think they are ready to go professionally, and don't get me wrong, there are some that are. Like Amani Bates, for example, he's like the number one person I think of for the future. Uh, he, he can definitely go professionally and – I mean, if they think they're ready, they can take that route. But um, if they're hesitating at all, then I'd, I'd just stay at college and maybe get your education. Yeah. Um, another thing is that endorsements. Um, Jalen Green could get, what, an eight-figure endorsement right now from a shoe yeah. company. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the reason why he, he wants to go the professional route now, get the money as quick as possible. And I think he's only 18. So if you make yeah. ten, 10 figures immediately – as an 18 year old, I think, I think you would want to do that. And I'm not surprised he chose this decision because he's yeah. probably going to make it to the NBA no matter what. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I agree. I mean, an ongoing problem I've, I've seen for college basketball is the endorsements. Like you said, I mean, I think there's some point that they should get paid and they should not be completely playing free because I think that's just ridiculous. I mean, they've worked so hard and, I think if you're like a top five prospect like Jalen Green, you should be getting money from like a shoe company, like you said. And I think it's just very outrageous how you're not getting money 
sure, you're not getting money from the college, but you're not getting money to play for, like, endorsements, like you said. I mean, I think that's the main reason why LaMelo Ball didn't want to play at college because he has his own, like, shoe, and he, like, he's making money off of it. And he recently bought an Aust- the Australia team that he played for, and he's – I think he's 18 as well, and he's making figures, like, mm-hmm. nothing. How, how do you think the NCAA will step up their game to keep these kids from going overseas? Well, I think I think they'll probably make it a lot easier to play uh, to play college basketball. I mean, I saw a recent tweet saying that they're like lowering all the academic standards to play college basketball. I think you only need seven years of like language uh, education. Seven semesters of course. Oh, seven semesters yeah. of high school. Yeah, okay. But um, that's like the core subjects and the GPA like requirement got lowered to two point three, I believe. Yes. Yeah, and um. I mean, yeah, they're doing little things right now, but um, I mean, I still think that's just not the right decision for them to do. Um, I don't think the NCAA should do anything. I think if these guys want to go overseas, they can, because there's gonna be like, like they said, there's like ten thousand college basketball athletes in in this country, and there's gonna be a spot no matter what. And if one spot, if one person leaves, uh, uh, that's for another person to take. Yeah. And, there's going to be there's a lot of people in this world in this country and world right. that that could be glad to play college basketball. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, there's a uh, even if it's not D one, I mean, there's a million D two teams and D three teams, and there's JUCO, and yeah, I mean, there's plenty of spots to fill, mm-hmm. and like there's even some people that don't play college, and they could if they wanted to, they could play college. That's just yeah. real. That's just real. And is it time to, for the NCAA to pay these student athletes? I think I think in the future, yes, it should be time to pay them. I mean, they've been playing with no money for a long time. And, I mean, you see the number of cases go up. I mean, like we saw with James Wiseman, like Penny Hardaway paid for him and his family to live in Memphis. And you've seen stuff with DeAndre Ayton. You've seen stuff with maybe Michigan – not Michigan eh. – Louis hey, Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's plenty of cases where they're illegally, like, paying uh, recruits to go to their school and do other things for them. And I think to prevent this, I mean, they should just pay them. I mean, it doesn't have to be, like, that much right now, but at least something to, like, pay them. Yeah, I totally agree with you. But at the same time, they also have a scholarship, which means they're not paying for their school. And Fair. so it's, like, it's neutral. It's kind of, like – you're not getting paid, but you also don't have to pay them to go to school. So that's fair. It's I mean, even what you say? Yeah, it's that, that's my that's my. Point. Yeah, I mean, no, I know I agree, but like, I don't I don't know if the NCAA should. I I think the NCAA should not pay them right now. I think they should allow them to get money from endorsements and things like that, because they're not like prohibiting them to do that right now. And I think, I think that will one. Uh, uh, help these elite players stay out of college because they can make money during college. And two, I think, I think it's just the right thing to do because they're like they're really good elite players that and like that's why they're going overseas. And I think if they wanted to keep them, then they let them get endorsements and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with the scholarship thing. I don't think they should. And the NCAA personally should pay them, but I think endorsements should be allowed to pay the players. Gotcha. 
Yeah. Let's get to, to some other news. Dukes Matthew Hurt and Wendell Moore will both return for their senior, uh, sophomore years. Oh, is this the right decision? And yeah, I think this is the right decision for both of them. I mean, they bring they bring a lot of leadership back for next year. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong; they're still a very young team, but um, at least they have some experience in the rotation. And Matthew Hurt kind of had a disappointing year, in my opinion. And Wendell Moore had a he, he had an okay year, and I think in order to get both of their stocks up, they play another year. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's still a loaded freshman class coming in, but they'll definitely find some playing time in there. And I think I think Wendell Moore will start, and I still think Matthew Hurt will come off the bench, though, in my yeah, opinion. I agree with you, but ever since Matthew Hurt's been in Duke, I, I think he's a bust. <laughs> yeah, you said <laughs> Matthew that. Matthew Hurt's a bust to me. He should transfer to a, another school, in my opinion. Um, there's just too much talent. He, he, sh- he should be the main point. And when you're the fourth or fifth option and you're a five-star recruit, I think you should go somewhere else. And he, w- he was thinking about that, too. He was deciding whether to put his name in the transfer portal, but he decided to stay with Duke for another year. Yeah. So. I mean, I think, he, I think he just wants to go to the draft. And, I, like, I mean, like you said, his numbers definitely haven't been the best in order to get to the draft. And, I, I agree. I think he should transfer. I mean, there's a, a lot of talent, and there's a lot more talent coming in from Duke. And I just don't think Matthew Hurt blends well with that talent. And I think if he transfers, he could he could probably be a top three scorer for any other team. Yeah. Maybe power five, maybe mid-major. I mean, he'd still get a lot of playing time no matter what. Um, Cole Anthony has finally declared for the draft. Uh, this was expected, but he hasn't officially declared it until yesterday. Um, where do you think he'll be going in this draft? Um, I mean, I see a lot of predictions saying he might be a top three player, but and for point guards at least. But um, I think he's a little bit outside. I think he's a top five point guard. Don't get me wrong, but I think I think he'll be towards the end of the lottery in my opinion. But I I could see him going eight through ten maybe, but I think lower. Yeah, I agree. But he's too talented not to be drafted in the lottery. Um, yeah, he's definitely a top five point guard. Top three is a bit of a stretch, but yeah, top five, definitely. Yeah, I mean, injury injury doesn't really help his case, but um, I mean, I think if they had a combine, he could definitely show a lot more of his athleticism and stuff like that. But um, I mean, as of right now, I don't see him as a top three point guard. Yeah. Um, San Diego State's Malachi Flynn has also declared for the NBA draft and has also hired an agent. Um, what, do you think he'll be a first rounder? Or? Um. I think he'll be a late first rounder, in my opinion. I mean, he's too he's too talented not to get drafted. I think he'll definitely get drafted. But um, I don't know. I see him on the f- late first, early second um line because I mean he's like a tremendous scorer. But um, I think other parts of his game might lack, and that's might that's might be why uh teams might pass up on. Mm. How how do you think his departure will impact San Diego State? I I think it's gonna hurt them a lot. I mean. If they if he stayed, I would have seen him as a top twenty-five team. But without him, I I don't see them being a top twenty-five team anymore. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, San Diego State, they, I I still think they're gonna win. The, well, maybe they they're still gonna have a good shot at winning the Mountain West, but chance definitely hurt with him gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, last draft declaration is Jalen McDaniels of Washington. Um, mock draft I predicted him in the first round. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think he'll stay in the first round. I mean, 
I mean, it's no surprise that he declared for the draft. I mean, him and the him and the Washington coach have had a lot of fights throughout the year, and he was benched half the year. And um, I mean, I just don't think he can stay in Washington that much longer. I mean, I guess he could have transferred, but he's too talented to transfer. I think I think he should be a one and done. And I mean, he he's like they haven't seen him play a lot of college ball. The scouts haven't, but um, I think he'll still go first round. Yeah. Um. He definitely heard his stock a lot at Washington, and he also got benched halfway through the season. Um, but, yeah, he's so talented, and there's no way he's going out of the first yeah. round. No, I don't think there's any way. Last piece of news, Scotty Lewis will be returning for his sophomore year at Florida. Would a Gators contend for the SEC? Um, yeah, I mean – Last year, last year they finished top three, I believe. And, um, yeah, I mean, they're not really losing that many people. I mean, they might lose Andrew Nemhart to the draft. But um, I think Scotty Lewis staying, staying is a very good decision, and it helps Florida a lot. I mean, they still got a lot of their pieces back, like I said. And, um, yeah, I mean, they just need a lot more experience. And I think they have that now. And hopefully they can shock people because – we saw them as a top four team last year, but um, they didn't really live up to their standards. Yeah, yeah, Florida was definitely one of the more underachieving teams in the country. Um, the SEC is going to be very, very talented next year. Um, Auburn, Tennessee, Arkansas, LSU. Just, I'm excited. Yeah, SEC is going to be a dogfight this year. And Florida, I think they'll be in the top half of the SEC. I don't know where, but definitely top half. Yeah, I I don't I don't see them winning right now, but um, I mean, who knows? Stuff might happen, and they might be able to make it, but I don't see them at the top right now. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on, we have some other high school recruiting news. Uh, top European prospect Kerr Kish, Kisha Krisha Krisha Krisha. Yeah. All right. He's he's committed to Arizona. Um, he averaged 14 points a game, six assists per game, in the second tier of the Euro League. He also plays for the Estonia national team. Uh, Arizona now into the top 40 for recruiting, at three or four stars coming in. Uh, what do you think of Arizona's recruiting class? Um, th this is a solid recruiting class, definitely not the best Sean Miller's had. Um, Arizona next year is definitely going to um, have one of the least talented teams in a while. Um, they have a couple good veterans. Definitely Georgetown transfer James Akonjo is going to be a big part of their team. Um, Kriyasa is definitely a de developmental guy. He's going to develop there. I, I, I'm fixing the red shirt a year. It's just a bit raw as of right now. But Arizona's going to be competing in the Pac-12, and they're always going to be on the top somewhere, somehow. Yeah. I mean, like you said, they're – they're definitely um, not that power heavy in the recruiting class this year. I mean, last year they had Nico Mannion, they had Jalen, uh, they had Josh Green, and they also got Zeke Nige. Uh Well, I think he transferred midway through the year, but I don't think they pro he was a prospect. But um, anyways, um, yeah, I mean, I still think they'll find a way to make it to the top half of the Pac-12. I mean, Arizona's too talented of a team not to, and – I think, like you said, the Georgetown transfer, James Onaji, and um, oh, sorry, I don't know how to say his name, and um, 
And like like you said, the prospects coming in, I think they'll definitely still be in the top half of the Pac-12, but I think they might lack experience still. Mm-hmm. All right, next topic, transfers. Let's start off with Jacob Toppin of URI, committed to Kentucky, five points a game, three rebounds a game. He is the brother of Obi Toppin. And will he even have a role for the Wildcats? Uh, I honestly don't know. I'm, I was very shocked by his decision. I don't think Kentucky was the right decision for him. And, I mean, he'll, I think he'll probably have a role, but that role is definitely going to be limited considering how much talent Kentucky has. And, I don't know, I think he should have went somewhere else because he's definitely not going to play that much in Kentucky. Yeah, he's definitely a mid-major guy. I don't, I don't see him having – any role in any Power Five school? I'm sorry. Uh, I think he's. I think he's ring chasing. I think that's what he's trying to do. Yeah. Um. But I think he should be like his brother. Go to a mid major and yeah. go off. He should have went to Dayton. He could have. He could have been the next generation of the Toppin family. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, hey, we don't know now. Yeah. But um. Uh, all right. Uh, next up, David Julius from Michigan. Uh, he is committed to Cincinnati. He averaged seven points a game, two rebounds a game, two assists a game. He was a sixth man for Michigan last year. Uh, Cincinnati now has three talented guards, but do you think they'll still be in the hunt for the American again? Uh, yeah, they're returning. Um, most of their team, um, Jerron Cumberland leaving and Trey Scott leaving, both definitely hurt. But I think David DeJulius will come in as a starting point guard if he's deemed eligible. Um, since he will pro- I think will be second behind Houston, American. Yeah, I mean, American definitely loses a lot of talent coming into next year. I mean, you see, I mean, Houston might be even worse than you're saying because uh, I know a lot of people are considering going to the draft, such as Quentin Grimes and Rob, um, Rob Love, I think. But um, I'm not too sure. But yeah, I mean, without Jerome Cumberland, like you said, since he will definitely be a very different team. But um, with David Julius, I think they'll be. Like you said, I, I still think they'll be a top three team, but, I mean, that could definitely fluctuate depending on who stays and who leaves for all the other American conference teams. Next transfer, Luther Muhammad, Ohio State, committed to Arizona State. Um, he's a former top 100 four-star recruit, seven points a game, two two rebounds, and he's a very good defender. Are the Sun Devils the team to beat in the Pac-12? Uh, I'm not sure the team to beat, but – they are definitely top two, in my opinion. I think it's them and UCLA. But, um, yeah, Arizona State's a very scary team now. I mean, Josh Christopher and Luther Muhammad both coming in. And if Remy Martin stays, they are going to be a very, very scary team to play against. Um, I mean, Bobby Hurley, man, he just he does it all. Bobby effing Hurley. Um, <laughs> um, Remy Martin – has this is this all depends on Remy Martin, of course. If Remy Martin doesn't stay, they're gonna be a top three or five team. But if Remy Martin stays, I think they are the top team. Yeah, I mean, we're waiting on his decision, but um, we'll definitely put it in the next episode if we have it. But mm-hmm. I mean, we don't really we don't really have a timeline on it yeah. though. All right, um, next up, DJ Carton, uh, Ohio State. Uh, he's committed to Marquette. Uh, he left in the middle of the season uh, due to mental health reasons. Um, he averaged 10 points a game, three, three rebounds a game, three assists per game in his time, and he has tons of potential in him. Uh, he has three years left. Uh, do you think he'll carry Marquette to the tourney next year? 
Um, if he's eligible, yes, this is a very important get for, uh, get for Marquette with Marcus Howard leaving. Marquette is going to be one of the bottom feeders in the Big East next year, and uh, he would definitely be the main facial piece for Marquette. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Marcus Howard gone. I mean, someone has to step in, and I think this is a great transfer for DJ Carton and Marquette. Um, I don't think he's as talented as uh, Marcus Howard is right now, definitely. But, um, I mean, he has a ton of potential left. And, I mean, if he's eligible, hopefully he will be. Um, I don't think he'll carry Marquette to the tournament next year, but give him a, give him a couple of years, and I think he might be able to do so. Mm-hmm. Next transfer, Elijah Harkless, Cal State Northridge, committed to Oklahoma, 11 points, six rebounds, three assists. After grabbing three tra- grad transfers on the portal, are the Sooners ready to compete in the Big 12? Um, I think they're, I think they're probably ready to compete in the Big 12. I mean, they got a ton of experience, and I mean, they don't really have that many young guys. I think they're kind of, they're kind of playing it for this year, and I mean, I think they're ready, but um. I, I don't know how well they'll do, considering the rest of the Big 12 is getting better as well. So, I, I'm not – I mean, I think they'll still be a top four team in the Big 12, but um, I don't know if they have the firepower to be a top two team or top three. Yeah, they're going to bring tons of experience. It's just how, how are these three guys coming in and how are they going to fit on the team? That's my biggest question. And these these guys play in low competition, like Cal State Northridge. They play in the Big West, and that's not really a good conference. Um, UC Irvine runs that conference, so just a bit concerned about how, how their experience, how their college basketball experience translates to a Power Five. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we have Rapolis Ivan Ivanka Stauskis. I think that's how you say. Yes. Uh, out of Colgate. Um, committed to Cincinnati as well. Uh, he averaged 13 points a game, 7.5 rebounds a game last year. He's a very skilled big man. Do you think he'll be able to fill in the role of Trey Scott? Uh, yeah, Trey Scott was a huge part of why Cincinnati was so successful last year. Averaged a double-double. Um, Vance Kuskas coming in, he's definitely a big good guy. Um, Patriot on second th- team this past year. Um, he's going to make a scary – front court with Chris Vogue, seven one center as their starting center as well. So I think since he's bound for a very good near next year. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, Trey Scott was a very good player for Cincinnati and he was a he was a big role like you said. But um yeah, I mean I think I think Ivan Stavskis or whatever. I don't know. I think he um I think like you said, he's a very skilled big man and I don't know if he'll be able to fill the full role of Trey Scott, but he'll definitely bring he'll definitely bring that presence that Trey Scott has left behind. And, I mean, like we said earlier, Cincinnati probably going to be a top three team, no question. But um, that could definitely fluctuate depending on what happens. Mm-hmm. Next transfer, Hayden Kuval of Central Arkansas. The seven-foot center is committed to UNC Greensboro. 12 points a game, eight rebounds, two blocks, and can shoot the three ball. Will UNC Greensboro be in contention to win the SOCON next year? Um, yeah, I mean, they're always in contention to win the SoCon because SoCon's a very wide open conference, like we've stated, very underrated. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a great transfer, Koval going to UNC Greensboro. And, I mean, he definitely brings a presence on defense. He averaged two blocks a game, like you said, and he can also stretch it. And, um, yeah, I mean, this definitely helps UNC Greensboro. And I think they'll have a very good chance to win the SoCon. Yeah, and, um, 
as you know, Matt Holmes put UNC Greensboro on, in his final list, his final 10 or 15 list of schools. Does this put them out of the picture for Matt Harms? Uh, yeah, I think this definitely puts them out of the picture. I mean, I think Matt Harms is probably down to Kentucky and Maryland right now. And, I mean, they don't uh, – UNC Greensboro already got a center, and I, they don't need another one because they both can't play at the same time. I mean, I guess they could, but that'd just be very foolish. So, I don't see him going here anymore. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Hey, but Boston College still in the running. So, yeah, mm-hmm. never know. Christian, do it. We need him. We, we do need him very badly. All right, uh, next up, Quan Jackson, Georgia Southern. Um, he's committed to UAB. Uh, he averaged 16 points a game last year, 4.5 rebounds. Uh, he was uh, all Sun Belt first team. Uh, do you think he's a good fit for UAB? Yeah, um, Andy, Ke- Andy Kennedy, first month on the job. He's already grabbing good uh, grad transfers. Next one is also next transfer we have on this list is also committed to UAB. So let's get to him. Uh, Michael Arto of Louisiana, 16 points, three rebounds, and three assists. Another all Sunbelt first team, um, and as you may know, committed to UAB after after nabbing two highly rated grad transfers with both both have Power Five interests. Does any Kennedy have enough momentum to get UAB into the tournament next year? Yeah, I mean, I think I think he does. I mean, UAB they've been they've been a middle pack team for the past couple of years, and um, I think with both these grad transfers who are immediately eligible. They're going to bring a ton of experience to this team. And I think the Blazers are going to be back in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Kennedy is a very good coach. That coach Ole Miss to Sweet 16 one year. Um, it was fun watching him commentate on ESPN. Yeah, but now he's back into coaching. I like it. Mm-hmm. Back at his admin mater too. So, yeah. perfect. Mm-hmm. We'd, like, we'd like to see those alma maters. Co- coaches going back to theirs. Mm-hmm. Like to see it. All right. Um, next up, we have Dontrell Schuler, uh, Charleston Southern. He's committed to Middle Tennessee State. Uh, he averaged 18 points a game last year, 3.5 rebounds, three assists. Uh, with the Raiders, a new and improved team coming into next year. Do you think the Conference USA will bring multiple teams to the tournament? Um, Conference USA is going to be really competitive next year. Um, Middle Tennessee State, they also have a Mississippi State transfer coming in. Um, there's going to be a lot of good teams in the conference. USA, as UAB, who we just talked about, Western Kentucky is always a contender, and Middle Tennessee State's always a contender as well. So I hope I'm I really hope to see Conference USA bring multiple teams to the tourney. Yeah, I mean it's, it's definitely going to be hard to do, but um, I think it all depends on the out of conference games for them. But a struggle that's happening is a lot of those out-of-conference teams are shortening their schedules. So a lot of teams are having trouble finding out-of-conference games to play. I mean, for example, Fern, Fernham, who's from the SOCOM, they have had a lot of trouble finding uh, out-of-conference teams to play against. And, I mean, this could be a problem going forward because a lot of their schedules are shortening. So that leaves the door closed for a lot of teams. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, if – if a couple teams finish like above 500 in the in the C uh, Conference USA, then I think they probably could get a couple teams in. But I don't know if this is very likely right now. Yeah, and we'll 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 bring that um, out of conference scheduling topic up next episode. 
Um, next transfer, Ryan Bentley of Penn committed to Cal. 11 and a half points a game, six rebounds. Will Cal finally compete for a tourney spot after struggling for a long time? Uh, I mean, sure, this is a great, this is a great transfer for um, Cal, but um, I don't think it's enough to compete for a tourney spot just yet. I mean, they do have a lot of experience coming back, but um, I mean, the Pac-12 just got so much better, and I just don't think Cal has the firepower to compete still. Yeah, um, Cal's in a long rebuilding process, which is still going on. I don't see them making a tournament for a while. No. Very, very sad for Cal fans. We're sorry. All right. Um, next up, Darnell Brody, uh, Seton Hall. He's committed to Drake. Uh, he was sidelined most of last year due to a hand injury. Uh, he's a 6'9 forward, hopefully, hopefully to fill in the shoes of Liam Robbins, which is very physically hard to do considering – Liam Robbins is over seven feet tall, but um, still. Uh, he has a good chance to be immediately eligible considering he was out for most of last year. Uh, do you think this is a good fit for Drake? Um, yeah. Um, Mountain, Missouri Valley Conference, very underrated conference. Um, big men tend to do good, as Liam Robbins showed. So I think he would do good. And uh, he didn't really have a good role at Seton Hall, even if he was healthy. So I think it was, it was the right move for him. Yeah, I think it was the right move, moving down to a mid-major. And um, Drake finished eighth in the Missouri Valley Conference last year. And, um, I mean, like you said, they're very, it's a very underrated and talented conference. And um, I think with a lot of people transferring out of the Missouri Valley Conference, I think this does open the door for Drake. But um, I just don't think they have the talent right now to be a top, uh, top five team, in my opinion. I think they'll still stay towards the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. Next Gabe Watson, Southern Missouri, committed – oh, Southern Mississippi. So was it Missouri or Mississippi? Southern Miss, let's just say that. Yes, so, <laughs> um, committed to Tulane over Maryland and Mississippi State. Averaged 13 points, four rebounds, three and a half assists. Very athletic guard. Ron Hunter. Is the Ron Hunter effect real? I think it is very real. I mean, Tulane getting a lot of transfers coming in and Gabe Watson being another one. I think, I think the Ron Hunter effect is very real. And, um, I mean, hopefully Tulane does a lot better than they did last year, which I think they have a ton of potential. And I think, I think they definitely can do a lot better. And, um, yeah, I mean, they bring a lot of experience back. And, I mean, like I said earlier, the American Conference is wide open. And who knows, maybe Tulane can sneak in somehow. Yeah, um, Tulane is a very tough job for a coach, and Ron Hunter's rebuilding it little by little. So I'm excited to see where Tulane is three years from now. Very excited. All right, uh, next up we have Landers Nolly. Um, he has not made his decision yet, and the time is to be uh, administrated. But um, we'll let you know once it comes out. Uh, he has made his final three list, though, which is Georgia, Memphis, and Old Miss. Uh, he's de- he's, he will definitely be a dynamic scorer for each all three of these teams. Um, he is from Atlanta, Georgia, so this might give Georgia the advantage here. But um, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I think he's going to go to Georgia, go back home, but I want him to go to Old Miss. I want to see him, Old Miss succeed with all the transfers they have now. I think Old Miss is probably the best out of all three of them. Yeah, I, I, 
So, sorry, what did you I say? think Ole Miss is, has the best chance to make it to the tournament out of all three. So that's why I think he should go to Ole Miss. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, like you said, I think he'll probably go to Georgia considering he's from Atlanta, Georgia, and Anthony Edwards leaving. This brings a whole scoring and first option presence to Georgia, which I think Landish Nolly is going to take. But um, like you said, I'd like him to see – I'd like to see him go to Ole Miss because Ole Miss has gotten a lot of transfers coming in. And I don't know, they're, very, they're a very dark horse team coming into the year. And um, I don't know, I'm excited for Ole Miss, but um, I, I think he'll go to Georgia like you said. Yeah. Um, last transfer we have on this list, Chundi Brown, Wake Forest. Um, 6'5 guard has averaged 12 re- points a game and 6.5 rebounds. He's served from multiple Power 5 teams like Louisville, LSU, Gonzaga, Illinois, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Florida State, Iowa State, and USC. He put his name in the draft but is keeping his eligibility. Um, what is the best fit for him? Um, I think there's a lot of teams that could be the best fit. I think I think USC – is probably the best fit for now, in my opinion. Um, they just lost Oneka Ogonku to the draft, and I think they need another – I mean, they need another scorer. I mean, sure, he's a big man, Oneka Ogonku is, but um, Trinity Brown, he's a guard, and he could definitely be the first scorer on their team. And, I mean, the competition level is very high in the Pac-12, like we said, but um, I think USC is the right fit for now. Mm, I think Iowa State is the best fit for him. Um. Iowa State don't really have any good wings coming in. So I think he'll be a good wing for Iowa State and the Cyclones. I don't know. I feel like I feel like he might keep his name in the draft. Some something tells me that. But um I mean I hope I hope that he does transfer because he's a very talented player and yeah. he can bring a team something next year. He's definitely if he does transfer, he's definitely gonna go to a winning team because oh, yeah. he wants okay. to win and Wake Forest hasn't won that many games. Hey, they did. They did beat Duke last year. Yeah, they don't, did. don't forget that. Yeah. All right. Um, that's all for today's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed. Um, next episode, like you said, we're going to talk about some of the scheduling difficulties for mid-major teams, and we we'll also have a lot of other breaking news as it comes along. But um, yeah. Until then, thanks for watching, and it's always March, baby. Thank you for watching. Please stay safe. It's always March.